Hey, what's up, everyone? We are back with episode 17 of Pass the Torch as we keep things rolling with our most energized guest yet, Keith Stewart. Keith has a long relationship with the game of golf, being a golf pro for many years, including spending time at the same club as the great Tiger Woods, which he has some good stories about. Then we get into his journey, making the transition to the world of media, now hosting a radio show with ESPN. And he is changing the game with his Read the Line, PGA, and the LPGA Tour gambling newsletter, giving awesome insight into the sport and even giving you winners each week. You will feel the energy from this episode. You'll feel inspired to go win the day. So buckle up and let's go. Yeah, today we welcome on Keith Stewart. And Keith, I apologize because I did not have a walk-up song for you like you did for our CEO, Brian Goodwin, on your show. So what would your walk-up song be? What would my walk-up song be? Oh, man. Um, it's, that's such a deep question for me because I'm, I'm a huge music fan. And when it comes to that, um, some of my music likes and dislikes are, are, are so diverse. So two of my favorite brands, bands are the Grateful Dead and the Beastie Boys. So that kind of gives you an idea of the spectrum of what you're dealing with, Danny. And so I, I think that it would probably have to be just to kind of get the crowd worked up. It would probably be something like skills to pay the bills by the Beastie Boys or maybe the new style, you know, four and three and two and one. And then it hits, you know, something like that. So, um, you know, I, it's when I do the pro show and I'm sure we'll get into all this, but um, and I have a guest on. I just feel like when you throw some fun music on and if you get to know it, like I love to do research on my guests. And when you throw that music on and it hits you know, people are nervous when they come on the radio, it's live radio. And I just want to, you know, make them feel at home. And if I play a song, I think they like, and it, you know, makes the heart, you know, beat a little bit, then I, I found a lot of success in doing that. So I'm a huge walk-up song fan. So thanks for that question. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate your thought that goes into that. And I think you're right. It's smart. And so next guest, I will have a walk-up song for them. And if I was going to pick mine, it would have been Thunderstruck by CDC. Might be a little heavy, oh. but uh, that will get me jacked up. Well, you know, you got to watch Thunderstruck because I've tried to use that for some intros before and Angus Young goes on forever, yeah. you know, with the single handed guitar riff. So you might want to like kind of fade it in, maybe like, you know, he's, it's like a it's like a 45 second opening. You know, I mean, that's that's a, that's a lot of intro right there. Now, if you're skating the ice or you're running around a lacrosse field or a football field and you're trying to build it all up, you've got that time. But in a podcast or radio, you know pay attention to those entry lengths. All right. That's some advice for you. I appreciate that, Keith. I appreciate that. And so now you work in the world of golf and you are a man of many talents. And so you're a writer, podcast host, radio host, media creator, and we're going to get into all of that, but um, you look like you're on the road right now. So you're down in the Wells Fargo championship for the PGA tour. Yeah. We're coming to you live from the Wells Fargo championship media center. You can see it all going on in the background here. Um, it's pretty crowded at this moment because it's just pouring rain. Um, as we talk on uh, the middle of round two here on Friday afternoon. And, uh, so we're doing the best we can down here, but, um, you know what? Enough about the Wells Fargo championship. It's time to pass the torch. Let's light this thing up. Come on. What do you got for me? Let's do it. Let's do it. And so, yeah, I kind of want to talk about and rewind a little bit how you first got into the golf industry. And so obviously the sports industry in general can just be hard to breach, but when did that passion for golf first start? And I guess as many say in the golf industry, when did that addiction for golf first start? Well, geez, I mean, you know, golf is a good addiction because it's one that you can do for as long as I have. And it, it, you know, it obviously isn't detrimental to your body. You know, it, it's detrimental to your mind in many ways, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But I, you know, I was a kid, 13, 14 years old, and I started hanging out at the bag room at the local country club and I was a caddy and it was just a place for me that, you know, I could get dropped off by my parents and I could go work and I could do something productive with my day. And then, you know, as things kind of grew, I got, we got more into it with the pro at the time, this guy, Jim Miller at the local club that I was with. And he was like a huge mentor to me. And then, you know, I would caddy for him from time to time. He liked me as a young kid, you know, carrying his bag around the golf course and the people that he would play with. And I said, man, this, this guy makes this game look easy. I I should do this. Right. So now I'm like 14 years old and I start playing and I quickly learned that I was like, man, that guy's really good. And that to me drove me even more to like want to play and to want to get better at it. But, you know, we're talking about years here, Danny, that are pre tiger woods. So, you know, golf's popularity isn't as crazy at that time as it is now, you know, certainly, I mean, it's off the charts now, but it was, this is, this is the pre, you know, you know, kind of tiger surge in that respect. And so 
I get into the game and then I go to college. I, I go to Holy Cross up in Worcester, Mass. I'm a Patriot leaguer, just like you. All right? right. So we are proud to share that connection there. And, you know, so we, I get done with school and I'm thinking about heading to medical school and I go down to Cape Cod for the summer and it's easy to, for me to find a job because there's a lot of golf courses down there and having worked at a golf course, I know what they need. So I go to the first place and I go to this country club in sandwich and I get a job and I'm working at the golf course and I'm out playing golf one Monday with the employees could play. And I run into by the golf pro and the general manager of the club. And they said, you know, do you work here? I said, yeah, you know, cause they were making sure I wasn't sneaking on or anything. And then I, I play a couple holes with them and they could see that I could play golf pretty well. And they're like, what do you do here? And I said, well, you know, I, I work, you know, part-time for the golf and I work part-time for banquets and do all these different things. And I, and I knew my way to like work my way into a country club. And they were like, huh, they were like, we need you to work full-time golf. And I was like, okay. And I learned from these guys right away. And what's funny about that is that, you know, that was back in, you know, the, the late nineties. And I, you know, I haven't left the golf industry since, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's just, it's such a compelling industry and ecosystem and it's so um, tightly woven. And for me, it's been such a positive experience in my life and it's allowed me to build so many amazing things and meet so many, you know, wonderful people that I, I wouldn't, you know, if, if uh, we made a TV show like the Wonder Years, Fred Savage or whatever, I would definitely watch and I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I, I definitely would keep it the same way. And then, you know, fast forward club professional for a long time and now in golf media and, you know, we met and, uh, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, it's golf's the best. And, it is the best. Um, you know, it, I, it's just been so good to me. And um, I try to be, I try to return that as much as I can. Yeah. And so now I'm 25 years old. I just graduated from Colgate, as you mentioned, um, both Patriot Leaguers. We've had the cross. You went to Holy Cross. We're a little bit of a rivals here, Keith. So uh, we, got, yeah. we can talk that out after the show. Um, but I have started to feel that golf addiction and I have fell in love with the game and I am not very good. I I'm like, sometimes I'm like mid nineties consistently. I'll, I'll get to high eighties, but i also have my hundred plus days in the bag as well. And so, but I fell in love and it's the competition. It's meeting new people on the course. It's all the relationships you're talking about. So I can see like where your passion comes from for the sport. Well, you know what? I mean, golf is one of those things, you know, I tell people this all the time. Golf's like swimming. All right. It's something you can do your entire life. And if you don't learn to do it at an early age, you regret it. So imagine, you know, you're out with a bunch of friends or something like that. And like, Hey, we want to go to the beach for the day. And you don't know how to swim. No matter what age you are, you're like, you're kind of reluctant to go. You're like, well, I'm going to get there. And I, I don't know how to go in the water or do any of those things. So, you know, that kind of freaks me out. Well, golf is the same way. I mean, it is a universal connector. I go back to where you started the first question about music, you know, everybody in the sports world, loves to play a little golf. You know, you look at the match that's coming up in a month, right? It's quarterbacks. You know, they all, you know, Steph Curry plays golf. There's all these stories about golf. So I've been very fortunate that at a young age, like around your age that, you know, I got into the industry and then, you know, 20 years later, um, it, it's, it's, I, I figured some things out and I'm, I'm having a really, really fun time doing all the things that I'm doing right now. I mean, what would be better than being out on the PGA tour and, talking a little bit about golf betting and, and writing a little bit about coaching and, um, you know, interviewing people for the radio. Right. And you use the word fortunate. And I, one of my questions to you is going to be, how lucky do you feel to be working in an industry for so many years that you are so passionate about? Well, you know what, my, um, I'm going to go back to this sign that my dad had in his office. He said, the harder I work, it was a sign right behind his desk. And it said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So um, when it comes to anything like, you know, I talk about wagering a lot. I, I honestly don't think luck is all that involved that people think it is. I, I think that if you stick to a process and you're true to what you do, um, then whether it be your career, it could be your hobbies or whatever it is, I, I think that a lot of good things, a lot of positive energy is going to come back your way. Yep. That's a great quote. And I'm a big believer too. You can create your own luck. And so yes. prior to getting into what you're doing with media and with Read the Line, ESPN and all that, I do have a question about um, your pro days. And so were you a pro at the club with Tiger Woods when he was a member at one of the clubs you were at? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone loves to get into this and um, I love to too, because it was a, it was a really cool time in my life. So from 1998 to 2003, 
I was a golf professional at a place called Isleworth Country Club, which is southwest of Orlando, uh, right near Disney World. Um, and at that time, Tiger Woods lived there. There was nine touring professionals that were there, Shaquille O'Neal, Ken Griffey Jr., all these really cool people in sports. Um, but obviously, Tiger had a huge influence on me. I got to know him. And it, it just, I mean, I was there that we used to call it the summer of love, right? You know, our, our parents call it something different. But the summer of 2000, he wins three majors, $10 million, 10 events. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I'm, and I'm there. And I see him, you know, when he's in town, day in and day out, practicing and talking to him and about all that's going on in the world. Um, so, you know, you talk about um, being a part of the golf industry. If, if you go back, it's really all about the people that have kind of shaped where I've come along and the person that I've become, much like your parents do when you and I were, were younger. Um, but, you know, I've had so many great mentors and people that were golf professionals and or members of clubs that are super successful or a guy like Tiger Woods. I mean, Tiger Woods was a huge mentor to me at a time in my life where I was building a golf career. And, um, you know, I could never... I, I mean, the value in all of that is just unbelievable. And uh, I try to share it with, with my audiences in every way that I can on a daily basis because I'm just so happy for it. Yeah, that's a special connection. I don't think there's anyone in golf that's been more influential to the game. And you could argue in a sport been more influential in their own sport than Tiger Woods has been to golf. I mean, he, he's but yeah, globally, you know, because so many sports, you know, we have such a bias here in America. We think like, oh, football is a big deal. Well, it, it's the NFL is not a big deal in it might be now in Germany because they, they announced the game over there, but you know, it's not a big deal. And it may be in China or Japan or Australia or something. They all have their own different leagues and everything, but golf is universally like soccer played everywhere. And that's why somebody like tiger is like Pelé. I mean, like, or David Becker. I mean like these guys are uh, messy, you know, like tigers that huge. And it's just very interesting how, how it just connects so many different people to such a fascinating game it goes back to the to the swimming analogy it's just something you can you and i can do danny at any time at any place in the world for the rest of our lives yep it's the best and i am a big fan of tiger i was i watched the hbo documentary and it was it was a little bit of a i don't know it was tough to watch sometimes because of the whole relationship with his father and how everything ended but it was an incredible doc you get to know that to get to know the player, which I think the PGA needs more of. And I'm excited for this Netflix documentary that's coming out with, with uh, inclusion of all the different players, but a uh, big fan of Tiger. And so one last, or yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I think authenticity is really coming to the game, you know, for a long time. It was like the players are on one side of the ropes and, you know, the fans and the media were on the other. And I think that even you've seen it with Tiger and, you know, we're not supposed to mention his name, but Phil, you know, the way that they've kind of grown up in the media um, because they've learned from the Rory's and from the JT's and, you know, from the ROMs of the world. And it's, it's just, it's just kind of cool how the whole thing's developing and it kind of is mirroring society in so many ways and in a positive fashion. Yeah. And the younger generations of players, like you kind of mentioned there are starting to understand that. And that's a lot of things we're doing at Torch Pro, right? Is trying to pull out the human and these athletes beyond the sport. So beyond the course. And so what we're doing with different features and podcasts and things like that, it's exactly right. We're trying to pull out who they are, what makes them tick and things like that. And I think it's a really important part to grow the game and grow fandom. Well, I think that, you know, you got to go back to like what you guys, and the reason that we met was because I was drawn to morning blitz and, you know, people need things like that. And, and that's why I built what I built, right? Our lives are, are just so congested right now with so much going on, but that doesn't mean that you still don't have passions and loves and things that you're interested in, but you might not just have the time that you used to have in order to invest in them. But that doesn't mean you don't want to invest in them. You know, I love golf. I love following the LPGA and the PGA tour, but I have two kids, a dog and a beautiful wife at home in a house. And, you know, and so it like, all of our lives are like that. Dan, your life is like that, right? So the, the fact that you have something like that is a medium like me, like the uh, morning blitz, you know, to me, that's just an essential part of how we're evolving as human beings. And um, it's cool. And it, it's just podcasts alone. Like someone can listen to this while they're out for a run and get inspired to do something and accomplish a little bit something. And, um, you know, maybe we'll get them fired up, right? Pardon the pun, but that's exactly we'll pass right. The torch, We're going to pass you know? the torch. And so you talk about inspiration here. And so what inspired you initially a few years back um, when you first took your talents from the golf course to the world of media? So, you know, that, that's a great question because it, it really started out more as like a, um, I looked at where the shortcomings were in my role as a head golf professional at a golf club. And I was always trying to communicate with the members, but I couldn't like get in their way. You know what I mean? Like we would send emails from the club and then we just couldn't communicate. And I said, I've got to find a way to add more value. 
to communication and I'm a good communicator. So I was like, I, there's no, there's a way I can use my talents and anybody that's out there that has an audience that's looking to try to reach them, right? You have to think about how you're going to get in their way, how you're going to draw them in, right? You, you can blast it out as much as you can, but if you're just sending this message out all over the universe and you're not really thinking about it, not being thoughtful about where you want to target that message and you want to like really engage people. So what I did was, I, I spoke to some friends and media and everything, and I created a radio show. And this is five, six years ago, whatever it is. And I said, you know what? All the information that I want to talk to my members about at the club, what's going on in golf, you know, just specifically, I was being really selfish about this endeavor. I'm going to do it on air because I think people will tune in and they'll want to listen, right? So finally, I'm going to have a way to catch their attention. You have to learn how to catch people's attention. Danny, you guys do it every day. Um, you and Noah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's what we're trying to do. So I fought hard to build different mediums and, you know, I, I started with the written word and I was, I had the capability to write and I was sending that out to members and it still wasn't hitting. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, in podcasts for now, this is, you know, this is a while ago. So they were just starting to really kind of take over the landscape. And next thing you know, you know, I had a radio show. I own the rights to it. And I turn it into a podcast every week and it still exists today, but that was the kind of the, um, the pivot moment where I figured out that all of a sudden now I would show up at the club and people were like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, that person won, or this is going on in golf. Well, that was such a cool story, Keith. I didn't know you had a background in this. And then thank you so much or or thanks for that coaching tip or all of that. Now things have evolved since then. And we've gotten much more mainstream and pop culture about what I cover, but really that's where it started. It was about mess. It's about messaging and really trying to connect with a specific audience. And then from there, the audience just kept growing and growing. And now it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. And so you mentioned kind of grabbing people's attention, right? And so I'm curious to your answer, but when we started growing to the morning blitz, our, our sports newsletter, the biggest thing that we wanted to do was be consistent. We thought that would grab people's attention the most. And if we can show up in people's inbox every single weekday, like we told people we would, that will grab their attention. Be like, okay, these guys are serious about building this, this sports newsletter. And so for you, what was your kind of early on themes or kind of goals to really grab people's attention? Well, you know what? I, I look at the golf ecosystem a little differently than most PGA professionals. Okay. So by trade, my job was to grow the game, teach the game, uh, be an ambassador for the game, uh, represent my club, my region, do all of those things. But, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, the golf industry, and this isn't going to be a surprise to anybody, but it's a little bit stoic from time to time. And, you know, there's the, the idea that the USGA exists in an ivory tower and they make the rules. And then, you know, the golf pros are just all buttoned up in Navy blazers and everything. So I shed the sweater vest a long time ago and I wanted to be a very contemporary person. And at the club, when members would show up and they'd have guests and they would introduce me as their pro, they'd be like, oh, this is our head pro. And I would see the look on the guest's face. And I was like, you know what? That seems kind of stuffy. It seems like, you know, like maybe elitist at times and everything. And these are the headwinds that golf is faced all the time, right? So I think about people's time and I try to be a thoughtful person and I think about that introduction. And if that person's new to golf, like you're somewhat new to golf, Danny, and you show up at the club and let's just say like, you know, things like dress codes and all of these things, they can all be, they're all issues that can be overcome. When you go meet the pro, you're like, oh my God, you know, like I'm meeting the pro and I'm like, you know, I'm nobody, you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just here, like making sure everybody has a good time, you know, it, and and trying to make sure that my members feel like we have a destination mentality. I never want to be a rest stop, right? I always want to be like the Jersey Shore. I want to be the place where you go and you stay, not just for the day, but for the weekend. So these folks would come in and they'd say, oh, here's the head pro. And I felt like, you know what? I go, I don't really care for that title. So I came up with the title, the director of fun, because I like if, if you think heavily of yourself, you're head pro. If you really think a lot of yourself, you know, as a golf professional, and you call yourself a director of golf, right? So, like, I was like, man, I, I just, I was just totally trying to shed, you know, all of those monikers. And I, I, so I put a sign above my door. At first, I just made it myself, like printed out. I was like, this office is for the director of fun. I was like, people that come here today should have fun. And it stuck. And people know that, know me as that today. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things where that in and of itself, was the way that the show came about was that I came on as this personality that didn't have a golf ego. It was somebody that was like, Hey, I can be self-deprecating. I can talk about the sport in all different ways. I can compare it to pop culture because I have this knowledge in my brain that just pops around from everything from, I don't know, Shawshank Redemption to God knows what, you know, to the Beastie Boys. And, you know, so it, it, it's just one of those things where I brought that 
And, you know, all of a sudden, this is five, six years ago, and it happened at a very unique time because all of a sudden, think back in time, what was hitting at that time? You have like, you know, the, the barstool, barstool as an entity is hitting, like all these different things. And it, so things became popular and it got really, it was like, wow, this is cool. Like this was a good idea. And this was just the way I saw it. And I don't have the resources of all those people, but to my audience, it continued to grow and grow and grow exponentially. It was like a hockey stick. It was kind of plateauing. And then it was like through the ceiling. I was like, wow, this is cool. And now I have a voice. What would I want to say is as this new, more, you know, traditional golf pro with a contemporary mindset. You want to be fun. And no, I love that. And I think that's, that's groundbreaking. Cause every time I walk into a country club, I, I tense up a little bit, I get nervous and whatnot, but director of fun, that would make me probably play better and, and have more fun. So I, I commend you for that. I love that. Danny, we all see it. Okay. I mean, the, the, the number one reason people don't take a golf lesson is that they're embarrassed to come and swing in front of the pro, but yet I'm the most helpful person, you know, like imagine not going to see the doctor because you were sick because you were embarrassed that you were, you know, I don't know that you had blonde hair or something like that. You know what I mean? You know, like it, it's like, it, it's those little things that we have to overcome in our industry in order to really you know, gain this level of acceptance. And then people, if people are having fun, they're spending money, right? They are enjoying each other's company. And then all the things that drag us down, they go away. And, you know, then it's like, man, then life is like fire pits and, you know, and beers and, and, and rather than, you know, political conversations and masks and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, I, I just see the world the other way. That's the key to happiness. And so talking about having fun, you transitioned, you, you start your radio show and what, what you're still doing now, but you also started to develop a newsletter. And so I can relate to this as we were, again, we were talking about the morning blitz earlier, but so I want to specifically talk about read the line and you're the founder of this newsletter, right? And so I love it because I one love golf and two, I love to gamble on sports. And so it helps me, um, but I want you to give the audience your little, your just pitch on us to subscribe for your newsletter. Cause uh, ours, I'll give you the blitz really quick. It's a, uh, uh, everything you need to know in the world of sports in five minutes or less in an easy to read email. So become a smarter sports fan and sign up for the blitz. And so that's ours, but I'm curious to hear the read the line kind of uh, elevator pitch. Well, you know, read the line and, and everyone can go look at readtheline.com and you, you can subscribe for free and check it out. And then if you think that it adds value to your pocketbook or just, you know, I, I'm a golf professional, you know, my whole life has been in and around the sport. So I don't just give picks. There's a narrative every week. You know, the narrative this week was weather, and it's not hard to predict that, but how does that then impact all of the players and what it is that they're going to do and how they're going to perform, let alone the, how about the golf course architecture, the agronomy, their swing mechanics, how do they all fit in? I mean, how are they doing in their personal life? So, I mean, all of those factors, right? I love to kind of like squeeze up and filter for you. Imagine taking a golf lesson, Danny. So you come out and there's a launch monitor there called a track band, and it gives out like 25 different you know, analytic data points. And then you look at that and you go, Keith, what does that mean? I have no idea what, you know, but like, please help me, help me. Right. And of course that's my job as a filter and as a golf professional. So I looked at the golf betting space and the origin of all this was like, wow, there's some really fantastic golf writers that are putting out some good golf betting content. And then there's a bunch of like dudes in their mom's basement with Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, how is there no like authentic voice in the middle? Right. How is not the PGA coming out and saying, hey, this is a, because the PGA Tour has embraced it fully. The LPGA has embraced it fully. But like I felt like, you know what, I could be an innovator in this respect. And I love forward thinking. So I just I jumped out and I said, you know what, I'm going to create I'm going to build a business in and around golf betting and be proud to be a, you know, an award winning PGA professional. And I'm going to talk to people about the stories of the week in and out. And I'm going to get people more. I believe Danny, I'm going to get more people involved, involved in the game of golf and engaged in the game of golf than top golf will. Okay. Because that's how cool and how much fun it is to bet on golf. And it, folks, we're not talking about going and see like Moose and Rocco in the back alley here or whatever. All of this is legit. It's all out there. It's in the digital metaverse. You know, I mean, everything is regulated. The only amount of money you can bet is the money that you put in. So you can have fun now. And, you know, when I'm walking around the house and my wife is like, hey, how's Taylor Gooch doing today? I mean, like, that's a guy who's put his whole life into being on the PGA Tour and nobody even knows who he is. But when someone bets on him and they watch him and they watch him play all weekend, man, that's someone that's really investing in the game the way I've invested in the game. Countless hours, scrubbing hooks, 
you know, picking the range, doing all of these things. You know, I mean, I graduated double major from Holy Cross and bio pre-med. And then I was picking the range at Alworth a couple of years later, later for like 8.50 an hour, right? I mean, so like, I mean, I'm sure my parents were extremely, you know, proud at cocktail parties being like, yeah, my son picks the range at a golf course, right? But the point is this, is that golfers are a different breed. And when you get hooked on the game, as you mentioned already, people, they, they, they just get so positively addicted to it. It's so much fun. If you like betting on the Super Bowl, why? Why does everyone bet on the Super Bowl? Because there's like a zillion prop bets. Oh, I can bet on the length of the national anthem. I can bet on the coin flip. You know, so you get all these people that are engaged in football for a day. Well, it's like that every, every week in golf. There's an endless number of prop bets and all sorts of interesting storylines that we can create in and around the game. And so I felt like I needed to take my expertise and my platform and I started talking about it. When I started talking about it on the radio or I started talking about it with other people in the industry, they were like, you totally need to do this. You're the perfect person to do it. Keith, you got to do it. I know you're not afraid to do it. You can do it. You're from New Jersey. You understand the whole landscape. You, you got to do it. And I was like, all right. I was like, man, I'm a 25 year club pro, Danny. You know, there's these moments in life, right? Yeah, I'm a 25 year club pro, five time award winning PGA pro. I completely identify, right? I mean, you know where this is going. I, I identify with being the pro, right? The director of fun. That's what I've been my whole life. And now I'm going to stop and I'm going to do something different. And I think this is really the moral of the story as we all come out of COVID or we all face transitions in life. And I, and I was really fortunate because my parents both pivoted in their careers, you know, in their thirties. And I think that at the time, I remember being a kid when my dad came home in 1984 and he was like, Hey, he's like, I'm going to switch careers. I'm going to, I'm going to do something totally different. And I was like, Oh my God, we're going to like lose our house. And you know, like we're going to be home. Like, you know, like yeah, I was a kid, I'm like, what am I, you know, like I was like, now I look back and I was like, man, I am so happy and proud that he did that. And not just that he accomplished it, but he showed me that example, Danny. Right. And my mom did the same thing. She changed careers and she became an occupational therapist. And it was like the coolest thing in the world. And she went through school and my sister and I were, you know, in, in grammar, you know, elementary school and high school and everything. So like, I, I felt like this, I had to do it. Right. Because I want to grow the game. I mean, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. And I'm trying not to yell in here because you know, there's a lot of people trying to do their job in the media center and that, and, uh, but it, it's, it's just one of those things. I golf has been so good to me. Right. And at the end of the day, even tiger knew that back in the day, right. He knew that the more he was out there doing his thing with a smile on his face, the more people would love it. Okay. And it was like no different than Jordan traveling the world with a smile on his face and embracing it and saying that I will play every game as hard as I could because somebody may only see me play once. Right. Well, everyone's just meeting me for the first time on your podcast. And they have to know that I approach all of this with my why statement is that I want to change the narrative around the game. I want, I want to get rid of those headwinds. You know, I sit here today wearing a hoodie and I'm, and I'm proud of the fact that, um, you know, I'm comfortable amongst all my peers here at the media center. And we all engage with one another in different ways. And I'm telling a story that's a lot of fun. And I hope people just read me for free. You don't even have to, you don't even have to bet it. Just, just the narratives I come up with and the connections to pop culture and everything, they will make an impression on you and they will get you to a practice range because somebody, you know, plays golf and you've always wanted to try it and you're going to try it because, you know, Hey, it's nice to make money off of it. But at the same time, you know, it, it's really important to me as a PGA professional to not only help people bet better, but to play better. And that's really, that's really, you know, uh, to make a short story long, right? I mean, that's the essence of it all. And, and that's what I'm fully immersed in now. And, um, you know, much like you are, Danny, on a daily basis, I consistently post and put it out there every week. It doesn't matter who's playing, whatever. I cover the women, I cover the men, uh, equal opportunity for everybody. Get involved, folks. Go read it. You, I mean, you'll just have the best time, especially if you love golf. You'll just, you'll just, you'll just love the insane shit I come up with. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love to see that you've kind of embraced that change in terms of like, oh, it's a betting and it's this world of gambling and who knows what it is. But I love to see that you kind of embrace that. And two, I love to see the authenticity in your product. And it is there and the passion. You can very clearly tell that every every single newsletter. And so it's great to see. 
Um, but my question for you too, is have you always gambled on, on golf or is that kind of new for you when it became legal in Jersey and whatnot? Well, okay. So gambling is part of the fabric of the game. Yeah. All right. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, there's no other sport. There's Tom Brady doesn't yell across to the middle linebacker that he's playing against and say, I bet you five bucks I could score on this, on this drive. Right. Yeah. Think about it. You know, now I don't know if like, you know, LeBron, he's, he's lined up against one of his competitors. He's, he's against Giannis and he says, you know, or Luca and he says, Hey, you know, I'm going to score more points than you today. Right. I don't know if those conversations happen. Right. But if you play golf, you wager. And if you don't, you're missing out. And it doesn't have to be for hundreds of dollars, folks. But as soon as you add that to the fray, people wonder why they can't perform under pressure. When they're trying to break 80, they're trying to break 90. Put a dollar on it, okay? It's all important to us. Put $10 on it, whatever you do. Be in a, you know, Danny, you and I, we both hit in a greenside bunker. And I look at you, instantly we're both thinking, all right, closest to the pin for a beer afterwards. Closest to the pin for a dollar, okay? Um, you know, so golfers, because our whole... Our whole round, our whole identity seems to be revolved around score, okay? It's revolved around numbers. It's just one of those things. So have I, have I bet on golf since I, I – okay. I mean, when I was a 14-year-old kid caddying, there's another, there's another looper in your group. What do you think we would do to pass the time, right? We were betting the money because we knew we'd have cash when we got done because we were getting paid. So, I mean, the, the, it's always going on. Like I said, it's the lifeblood of the game. Everybody embraces it in that regard, and now they're starting to embrace it mainstream – and I'm telling you, golf betting will be huge, Danny. All right. And I'd, and I'd love to ask you a question. I'd love to flip the script for a second. I, I would say, like, like, why would you want to bet on golf? Um, it's exciting. And I think when I bet on golf in terms of when I'm on the course, it makes it that much better. Like you're talking about in the bunker, green side, let's get close to the pin. It makes it that much better. Um, and it's a lot of fun and it, it adds to the pressure and it actually does increase your score a little bit. Cause you're like, you're actually caring about the game. And then when I bet on TV, like the masters or, or for the Wells Fargo this weekend, it just makes me want to watch and it makes, it grows the game. And so like, like to your point, betting on golf will grow the game because it will get people to want to go play the courses and it will get people to turn on the TV and actually watch the tournaments. Hey, you know what? That's a fact. And I know it because with all these years of experience in the sport, I know how golfers think. I know why the golf channel is popular and golfers love, they love authenticity, right? They love help, right? I mean, these are all, these are all the characteristics of my role for the last, for my life. Okay. I help people engage and play and have fun in the game. I just do it in a way I call it infotainment, right? I want to educate and I want to entertain at the same time. And you guys do it with the blitz, all the anecdotes that are in there. Um, all the other different things that we see of the very popular things that are out in the world, you know, all the different media platforms, right? You got to throw a little bit of entertainment in there. You got to have some fun with it. And we're having, I'm just having the most fun in the world um, covering golf from this perspective, because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And I know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like, you know, someone's going to say like, oh, this guy's trying to come across like he's like totally altruistic and everything. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it helps pay my bills, right? For people to subscribe. But you know what though? I mean, if you get more into something, a hobby, or you get more emotionally connected to something, right? That's you living life. You know, go back to like the uh, Jimmy V speech, right? Live your emotions to tears. You know, like people get into betting on golf because there's just so many different ways you can bet and it's exciting, yes. right? Like, okay, I call it the four day lottery. And the reason being is that, um, uh, tell me who you're a football fan of. Tom Brady. All right. So the Bucks. So you think Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl next year and it is last year. Okay. So in August, you make a wager and let's say that they are 50 to 1. Okay. So they're 50 to 1. And seven months later, and all these factors have to come into play, you might win on 50 to 1. Okay. Last week, LPGA, they're out in LA. I write up in the newsletter, Marina Alex. Okay. Yep. She's a 90. She started the week hundred to one. I write her up. She's 90 to one. Okay. I send that out. Everyone that reads me bets her. She won on Sunday against the number one player in the world. Let's How? Go. Well, oh, you kidding me? <laughs> L LFG on that one. Right. LFG. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is on, I mean, I, I don't know who this totally goes out to. So I, you know, I'll go easy. Although I mean, you you had Dana White on, like, all right. You had Dana White on last week, you know, and I mean, he'd make a truck driver proud. He'd make yes. a truck driver's mom proud. But anyway, uh, it, that was a great interview, by the way. I was really engaged by 
when you brought out all the entrepreneur side and the battle and the fight and, the, and you guys with the consistency, right? I mean, those are all the things I always showed up at the golf course, right? Saturday morning, 6am, you had to be there, right? And like, so that, you know, that's, that's part of me. I mean, uh, who of who I am as a human being, you know, I grew up as a kid. And in, in our mudroom, my parents had a sign and it was like the 15, you know, things you need to do in order to be successful in life. And rule eight was persistence, persistence, persistence. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And I, you know, when every time I see my parents or something good happens, I always just say to them rule eight, you know, and they know why. And, you know, it, it's, it's really great to see somebody that's, that's you know, hyper successful or uber successful, like a Dana White, just kind of reiterate those things. But. I get on tangents all the no, time. It's I'm, great. And I appreciate it, but nothing beats hard work. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. And you guys putting something out, you know, I, somebody said to me one time, they said, I want to be good at golf. I said, well, you got to go study Michael Phelps. And I said, and they said, Michael Phelps, he's a swimmer. I said, yeah. I said, that guy got in the pool every day for five years. Right. Could you do that? Could you do something every day for five years? Something simple, no matter what it is. Did you brush your teeth every day for five years? Right, folks, if you want to be successful in life, you have got to be persistent. You have got to be dedicated. You have got to, you know, believe in something, have a passion, and then be brave. You know, people people think like all of those words are supposed to be like punchlines. You know, they're, they're afraid to talk about words like fear, bravery, love, kindness, passion, right? You know, like, I mean, for me, you know, that I use those words at cocktail parties. And I can always tell it makes people feel a little uneasy, like you walking in the country club. But at the end of the day, that that creates a greater connection between you and another person. And if you're trying to build something like I am and you are right, you have to use those words. You have to be a connector with people. You have to be a connector like Dana is. It's just it's just so important. And, you know, it, golf, it, it gets you so excited and you make these bets. I mean, I'm so happy um, that that Marina won. I mean, she's such an infectious personality for the LPGA and such a great spokesperson. She's so transparent, like the way she talks about it, like Rory talks about the PGA Tour. So, I mean, rooting for her, having money on her, telling her story in my newsletter, what better way as a PGA professional who's dedicated their whole life to the sport, can I reward myself, right? And can I reward my fans and the people that believe in me and support me? It, it all takes a village. You have a village, right. you know? And, and I'm happy that... You, and it Go helps ahead. their pockets. It helps your subscribers' pockets too. Oh, I mean, come on. Even if you only want to bet a dollar, you get 90 back. That's come right. on. I mean, what are we talking about? What a win. What a win. Oh, I mean, that's my second 90 to one this year. That's incredible. I Luke List at the uh, Farmers. It was, uh, it, I mean, that was a good one because uh, they had the uh, PGA show convention that week down in Orlando. And everybody saw who I wrote about on Wednesday. And then by the time we get to Sunday, just blowing up it's just and, and here's the thing like so all of a sudden you can tell that i'm smiling as i'm talking about this because i i enjoy the win i mean who wouldn't right but what i enjoy more is getting all the feedback that people are are watching golf and they're so into it you know how many texts i got this weekend on sunday that buddies of mine were watching the lpga okay they're like i am so invested in this golf right now i'm getting text after text and they're saying they're like they're like they're like man this is some unbelievable golf i'm like you're watching the number one player in the world jin young ko compete against an underdog and the underdog is gonna it's gonna take her down or has a chance to and there's other big names involved i mean what could be more exciting it's like watching the super bowl it's so much fun and you know what you wait seven months right for your football team to win for right. the bucks right, right? i get I gave you the four day lottery. I gave you 90 to one in four days. Okay. We live in a world. It's, it's not called DFS, right? It's not called season long fantasy sports. It's called DFS daily fantasy sports. We had to go to day by day because our attention span. I mean, you've seen mine in action right here this morning, right? Yeah. Our attention spans are so short. I'm like a flea on cocaine. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's why right? TikTok's we bounce so around big now. Oh, you think people I mean, just that, scroll the five second videos. Oh man. I love TikTok. I, I love going on TikTok and taking pop culture events and then spinning them into golf. You know, I don't know if you've seen me on there, but we do some Wolf of Wall Street. I have. I've, I've, oh man. I'm just, I, I love writing songs and do it. Just all sorts of fun things. It's great. That's it's incredible. So um, I, I do have one entrepreneurial question before we dive into a little rapid fire. And so over the past three years of building the morning blitz, I have a, a laundry list of struggles and like how to build a newsletter has been hard. Um, but for you in the early on days, what's been your biggest struggle in growing read the line? Ooh. Okay. Um, 
I had a great mentor back in my Owlworth days, a gentleman by the name of Gregor Jameson. And Gregor is, is famous. He's a top 10 PGA professional known person, not only in Scotland, where he's from, but also here in the United States. And I mean, he was, he was the essence. He was the epitome of like grace under pressure. And when things were hard, he was always just, he was just always so focused and thoughtful and everything. And one of the things that he taught me was that you really have to, you know, take a moment when things are hard and you have to be able to admit to yourself, I don't know what I don't know. Okay. And it's hard. We live in a very ego driven society, but I don't know what I don't know. All right. So as an entrepreneur, you feel like you have to take everything on. People want to help you, right? It's like, you ever reach back to somebody and you're like, oh, you have all this hesitancy. I need to get a job reference for somebody for my resume or something. And, you know, you, you call you call somebody up and you ask them to be a reference. And they're like, oh, my God, Danny, I'm so happy you called me. I would love to speak on your behalf, right? Well, it's the same thing. If you don't know what you don't know, don't be afraid to ask people for help. I didn't know how to build a website. You know, I know how to write. I know the game of golf. I know how to be compelling. You know, I, I knew all of these different things, but the logistics of what I needed to do on a daily basis that kind of bog us down, I don't know what I don't know. And since I learned that from him 20 years ago, I, I've managed to be very lucky and fortunate to have some great success. And I've always tried to work with people who feel the same way. And I no problem asking you a question about something that it might embarrass me that I don't know, but you know what? That's a moment in time and I will improve because of that. So the number one thing I would tell people is that don't ever be afraid to ask questions. You know, entrepreneurs, I've interviewed a bunch of them on my radio show, like Will Ahmed is a perfect example. David Abelese from TaylorMade. These guys, you know, innovative is all about them. You know, it's the fabric of their being. And they all say that curiosity is their number one characteristic. They love to ask questions. So I, my, my biggest advice to you and Noah there or to anyone that's willing to listen to this would be don't be afraid to admit I don't know what I don't know. Ask for help. People want to help other people. The four most powerful words in the English language, Danny, are can you help me? Okay. People, if, you, you, if you use those, right, and you're thoughtful in your approach, doors will open, my friend. That's and right. you guys already have a ton of tremendous success. Yeah, people want to help. And I think one of the biggest things in our journey that I've learned is so important is networking. And so continuing to like develop those relationships, nurturing our relationship like this and and growing those connections will down the line. When you go and ask that person that question, they will be 10 times more willing to actually help you. Uh, I'm notorious for networking. Yeah. Right. I'm like a, I'm like a CIA agent when I hit a cocktail party or a room <laughs> yeah. or, or anywhere I've been where I don't know people. I love the opportunity to do that. And one of the reasons why is that I learned this from watching MTV one time. I was watching Ron's house. If you remember that show. Right. It was. Uh -huh. uh, uh, well, it was it was run from run DMC. OK. Yeah. Right. And this is like 20 years ago. It was on. It was a reality TV show around Reverend Run. And mm -hmm. he was meeting with Russell Simmons and Russell Simmons said, why? And the letters Y N equals Y N W. Right. And it was your network equals your net worth. Mm. Who you know is where you will go in life, Danny. And I've always thought that that, that is definitely my code. That is one of my mantras. I, I just, I love golf and I love everything. And I, and you know, I love the fact that I've gotten to meet you guys because that's just more people in my life that, that I can learn to love and they can learn to love me back. and We can all be successful together. That's right. And this is the only beginning of our relationship, Keith. Um, so oh, let's dive into some rapid no fire. Um, oh boy. Uh, so easy. You can do one word, one phrase, take as long as you want. Um, but we'll dive right in. So who is your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? Favorite athlete growing up as a kid, Wayne Gretzky. Favorite athlete to watch in current day sports. Tiger Woods. Yeah. I mean, he's but just electric. He, yeah. It's just, um, you know, if anyone wants to be a professional athlete and they, you have to learn the it factor, you know, and I'm not saying you need to do it to a Jordan or a tiger sense, but you have to be compelling. And um, so, yeah, I mean, come on, it's tiger woods. He's so electric. This yeah. might be the same answer. Um, it's, it's my answer, but so one player on the PGA tour that you want to play 18 holes with. Uh, okay. So I won't use tiger because I play golf with him. Right. Um, one person on the PGA tour that I would like to play golf with. Um, 
All right. Rapid fire, rapid fire. Cage. <laughs> uh, one person on the PGA tour. Um, I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. Okay. Like he's that. a really, he, he is a next generation tiger and he's, he's like, he's, he always shows a lot of gratitude and he's a very thoughtful person. And I think that I can learn a lot from him. So I would be doing it really in a selfish sense. I would, I would, I, he'd probably only go like nine holes with me, but I would like constantly be asking questions about how he maintains so much perspective at a young age. He's like 24 years old and he has this macro view of the world. And I just think he's really spot on. And, and I also think he's like super lovable. So like, you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, have, have more people follow and be fans of them. So yeah. I'd go with more, more account. I'm a big fan. I would also pick Justin Thomas. He's a big morning blitz subscriber, by the way, if you run into him out yeah. there, um, he reads it every day, but um, one celebrity that you want to play 18 holes with. One celebrity to play 18 holes with. Ooh. I'm going to go with. Man, you know, the, one of the guys that I always, you know, I, I, I quick, quick asides. I do this all the time. I'm sorry, you can, you, but yeah, um, I was, I was, I was playing golf one time and I had this caddy and I said, who's I, I, I rapid fire people all the time, which is terrible that I'm not doing a better job at this. But um, I asked him, I said, who's the best guy, the most interesting guy you ever, cause this guy was caddying at two very nice country clubs, um, one in the South and one in the North. And that was his life. And I said, who's the coolest guy that you ever caddied for? And he said, John Glenn. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, you caddied for a guy who's the first guy who went in space. You know, like, think about that. So, like, when you say celebrity, I like my mind instantly goes to somebody like that. Like, it, to, like I play golf with Neil Armstrong. Like, you stepped on the moon, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go – Steve Jobs isn't alive anymore. I'm going to go with Will Ahmed from Whoop. Mm. Cool guy. He likes golf, and I just want to pick his brain some more. I find people like that inspiring or like somebody like last week, like Dana White. That would be cool. That would you be know? cool. I wonder where his skills cool. are out there. He can probably hit the ball pretty far, but uh, his short game is probably not too cleaned up. I'm going to guess anger management would be. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my issues out there. I cannot control my emotions. Um, but uh, okay. So favorite course you've ever played? Uh, Pine Valley. Um, yeah. Biggest fear. And this can go a bunch of different ways, but biggest fear. Heights heights okay yeah yeah i mean you can't get me on a ladder honestly and it gets worse as you get older um but i i cannot it's definitely heights um like i said i love to go into a room where i don't know anybody so um in a lot of ways i do a lot of live media and everything i, I don't ever get nervous about that but you couldn't get me on a ladder dating so yeah. heights. Well, one of my biggest fears is uh chunking an approach shot from like 120 out right after like a beautiful drive down the middle it's one of my biggest fears and it happens a Guess lot what? Yeah, it, so that's going to be my point. As someone who's coached people in golf, it's going to happen a lot, right? It's almost unavoidable, right? Embrace the moment and just move on. Here's one not on the list that I just thought of, but what is one common golf tip that you could give to anybody at like any level really that, that you normally give? So what's that like one golf tip that you always give? <sighs> okay, so the most basic thing um, – well, the best tip is go see somebody like a PGA professional who knows what they're doing. But I don't want to cop out. The, the best tip is to learn how to line up to hit a shot. Okay. Okay. And I'll, and I'll give you a quick aside story. One time I'm down first, first time I see Tiger Woods practice on the range at hour and he's laying clubs down on the ground. And I go, and I walk by and I'm looking funny and he goes, Hey man. And he doesn't know me yet. He just, you know, but he could tell he could tell that I'm kind of like eyeing what he's doing. He goes, Hey man, I don't ever want to hit a good shot at the wrong place. And I was like, all right, so if that guy who's like really good needs to lay something down to figure out where to go, alignment will, will solve 80% of your problems in golf. Trust me, folks. I got over 10,000 hours worth of teaching. I almost always teach alignment. So figure out how to align yourself properly. That's the number one tip. Perfect. I'm going to use that tomorrow. Last rapid fire. One word that best describes you. Curious. Like I, I was going to uh, say, I was going to say energy. Oh, wow. That's such a compliment. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I give out passionate a lot too, but I felt like I've used that word a lot today. And as a writer, I, I don't want to be redundant. So I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely uh, a very thoughtful and curious person. Um, and I think that, uh, 
Um, if I could pass that along to my kids, along with self-belief, I think I'd done a pretty good job. Beautiful. And so one last question, then we can get you back to the, the Wells Fargo event. That is it rained out right now? No, they're playing. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be, but they're, yeah. they're slugging through it, um, but it's wet. I mean, it, it probably at points during this podcast, uh, you could see that I'm in like a glorified tent. You could hear the rain like pitter pattering and yeah. as everyone's walking around this uh, um, little event that you and I are having. But anyway, go, yeah, one more great. question. Yeah. So last question, it's your chance to really pass the torch here. And we've talked a lot of different themes here today, but what is that one lesson that you've learned throughout your journey that you could pass along to the next generation to help them accomplish their dreams in everyday life? Um, fear is the worst motivator. Right? Years ago, I, I was very fortunate. I had a lot of people, whether it was luck or whether it was, I was seeking these people out that they always instilled in me. And I, and I kind of just anecdotally mentioned this, but I, I believe the biggest gift I can give my two kids is self-esteem, right? And, and fear is so detrimental to everything we do. It produces insecurity, addiction, all these different things. And it doesn't allow people to accomplish their goals. And I think that when I look at somebody like you and Noah, Danny, and I get, I get so enamored in what you guys have accomplished, right? I, I say to myself, man, if those guys can do that, right? And they could be so fearless. I said, I can too. So um, that would be my answer to that question. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's important to find your passion. And that can always be a challenge. But once you find that, I think it makes things a lot easier to kind of overcome fears and, and battle through that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the next generation, give them all some self-esteem and uh, just watch what they can go do. Cause we want to go retire and play golf and I want them to make the world better. So let's do it. You know, that's right. Uh, well, Keith, thank you for the time today. Everyone listening, please go subscribe to the read the line newsletter. You will not regret it and you will fall in love with golf. So Keith, great getting to know you some more on today. And I'm excited to uh, continue to nurture this relationship. Danny, we'll talk soon. Do my best to know and the boys and um, be good, man. And uh, um Get your live bets in early this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Pass the Torch. I had a ton of fun, so I hope you guys did as well. Please hit that subscribe button and don't miss a new episode. Also, you can head to torchpro.com where you can find lots more content with athletes, whether it be video features, docu-series, or other podcasts. I promise you guys will enjoy. Lastly, if you have any interest in becoming a smarter sports fan, You'll want to subscribe to our daily sports newsletter, The Morning Blitz. You can find it all at torchpro.com, and we'll see you next episode.